The Something Patriots podcast is presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. If you've put off any medical care due to COVID-19, please don't delay it any longer. RWJ Barnabas Health has taken every precaution and continues to provide health care services in adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. This includes stringent cleaning and disinfection throughout all facilities and screening everyone for symptoms and temperature upon entry. Learn more at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. Welcome to the Something Patriots podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, a podcast where we talk a little something about the Somerset Patriots. Game over, series over, 27 up and 27 down for Teasley. The Patriots are your 2015 Atlantic League champions. Patriots win another Atlantic League title. Warning track wall, gone, home run for Corey Aldridge, his third blast of the game. It's a walk-off grand slam. It is gone, ball game over, series over, and Patriots are the 2008 Atlantic League champions. On 1450 WCTC, WCTCAM.com, and where podcasts are available. A pleasant hello and welcome to the Something Patriots podcast, a show where we talk a little something about the Somerset Patriots, and now the New Jersey Blasters as well. Uh, So maybe the show should be called the Something Patriots Blastcast, or, or I don't know, something... Along those lines. Either way, uh, my name is Mark Schwartz, and again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hello to all of our live listeners on The Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com, uh, with tonight's episode airing on our new night of Thursday evenings, um, as well as a hello to all of our archived podcast listeners on SomersetPatriots.com or on streaming podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the podcast, and you have not done so yet, please be sure to subscribe, uh, rate, and review this pod wherever you might listen. On this week's episode, we get to officially preview baseball. That's right. Opening day for the Somerset Professional Baseball Series is tomorrow. Uh, I'll give my players to watch and the storylines that we're going to track for this weekend as professional baseball at long last finally returns to the Garden State. I'll also be joined in person uh, by the manager of the Somerset Patriots, Brett Jody, uh, to discuss his thoughts on how this series came together and his new look team. There's also plenty of news to go over on the independent baseball front. A lot of news, uh, so let's get into it. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! One more day. Uh, that is the vibe around TD Bank Ballpark in anticipation of the Somerset Professional Baseball Series starting tomorrow. In fact, baseball has actually now been back at the ballpark for over a week. Uh, so for that Nick Chirillo audio clip, baseball is back. We are ready to play baseball, uh, and that will be the last time that we actually play that clip on this show. Uh, so the Somerset Patriots and their fierce rivals, the New Jersey Blasters, actually had a pair of joint practices and inter-squad games over the weekend at TD Bank Ballpark, uh, including an inter-squad game on Sunday in which both teams were fully dressed in their respective team apparel. Now, I know that might sound a bit simple, uh, but it was actually quite refreshing, honestly, to see both professional teams in uniform 
playing against each other once again in this ballpark. Uh, in fact, both teams actually officially took their COVID-19 tests on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, and they actually had to take the spit ones, not the nasal ones, so they had to spit into this uh, little cylinder, scientific cylinder thing, um, and they didn't have to have the uh, the long nasal swabs. Uh, not They didn't have to do that test. The players will officially have their physicals taken uh, the night that this show airs, which is Thursday. Uh, so with the physicals and the COVID test being done, uh, the teams, the players should all be ready uh, for Friday. Uh, additionally, by the time that this show airs, there will also have been about six high school baseball games that have been played at TD Bank Ballpark as part of the Last Dance World Series, uh, which is basically a high school baseball tournament uh, with a number of different high school teams from around the state that are playing throughout the summer. Um, so the ballpark is now ready for baseball. Uh, the players will be ready for baseball, and you can be rest assured that the Patriots staff uh, and the Blaster staff is ready for baseball as well. Uh, so there will be a slightly different feel in the ballpark Friday night, of course. Uh, hand sanitizers are going to be set up around the concourse. There will only be one concession stand open. On-field activities will be somewhat limited. And, of course, above all, uh, there will only be roughly 400 fans actually in attendance to watch the games per state guidelines. Uh, but I can promise you that the buzz will still be there. Uh, opening day is opening day, and this will be a day that has been in the works for a long, long time. How long, <laughs> you might ask? Uh, well, the last Patriots game uh, took place on September 22nd, 2019 at TD Bank Ballpark. Opening day 2020, which again will be tomorrow, uh, will mark officially 299 days since the last time that the Patriots took the field at TD Bank Ballpark. Uh, so think about that for a second. Uh, that's nearly a full year without a home game. Almost a full year without the fresh cut grass, the smell of hot dogs and popcorn in the air, the sound of the crack of the bat and the roar of the crowd. Uh, but all of that comes back to Central Jersey on Friday. The inaugural Patriots-Blasters matchup uh, tomorrow will be the first professional baseball game in the state of New Jersey in 2020, uh, but there seems to be a little bit more in that regard to follow and not just in the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. The New Jersey Jackals and Sussex County Miners announced on Tuesday of this week that they will be hosting the All-American Baseball Challenge. Uh, which according to their official press release is, quote, an all-star caliber recreation league that will feature, quote, top talent from both minor league and college baseball. Now, the Jackals and the Miners will also be joined by the New York Boulders organization uh, in this new league. The three teams uh, who are each slated to play in the newly formed Frontier League after the Frontier League's merger with the Can-Am League, which Feels like it was seven years ago, but it was actually earlier in this offseason. Um, all of these teams uh, will also host an additional team at each of their respective home ballparks to create what will be a six-team league with a plan to play 32 games. Now, the Jackals, who play over at Yogi Berra Stadium in Montclair, uh, they will have a new team in their ballpark called the Jersey Wise Guys, which is actually a really cool logo, really cool nickname. Uh, the Miners uh, will co-inhabit Skyland Stadium, uh, with the Skylands Cardinals, uh, which is an obvious nod to the New Jersey Cardinals, who are members of the short-season New York Penn League from 1958 to 1977, and then again from 1981 uh, to 2005. And Palisades Credit Union Park in Pomona, New York, uh, which is normally home of the New York Boulders, 
will host two teams uh, for this league named the Rockland Boulders and the New York Brave. Now, the press conference makes sure to note that the Rockland Boulders are not affiliated uh, with the New York Boulders, which is interesting. Now, the state of New York made clear an announcement of guidelines towards professional sport teams and sporting events on July 1st uh, that professional sports can resume, but fans are not allowed inside the ballpark. And that is different from the state of New Jersey, uh, which has guidelines that allows for outdoor gatherings of up to 500 people, uh, which is what the Jackals and Miners will likely work under. It's what the Patriots are working under right now. But I'd imagine that calling the newly formed league a, quote, recreation league, Uh, and disconnecting the Boulders and Braves in any sort of way as an affiliate uh, from the professional New York Boulders is a way to ensure that 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 series gets going and that they're able to play. Uh, The league is scheduled to start on Thursday, July 23rd, so a week from the airing of this show. And according to their announcement, uh, they will play every Thursday through Sunday for eight weeks, stretching to September 13th to fill out a 32-game schedule. Now, the only team uh, to make any mention of tickets uh, in this series is the Sussex County Miners, uh, who mentioned on their website that tickets will be available soon. Uh, So for now, it remains that the only place to watch a professional baseball game in the state of New Jersey for the time being is at TD Bank Ballpark and with the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. Now, unfortunately for fans looking for tickets to the SPBS, which is how I've abbreviated it, doesn't really roll off the tongue. It sounds a lot better to say Somerset Professional Baseball Series than SPBS, but for abbreviation's sake, uh, SPBS, uh, for fans looking for tickets to the series, uh, the first four games are all sold out, Uh, but if you got your tickets already, congrats. If you did not, there will be more tickets that are put on sale for future games after this uh, slate of these first four games are played. And for those of you who will not be in attendance, For these games, again, I want to make sure that we note uh, that each game will be broadcast with video for free on the Somerset Patriots YouTube channel, uh, which is youtube.com slash Somerset Patriots, with a live video, with a live radio broadcast available on 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com as well. Uh, The links on where to listen and watch those broadcasts uh, will be available on the Patriots website, will also be available on the Patriots mobile app. The reason I bring up that the radio broadcast is free is because there's two other prominent independent leagues that are currently playing around the country, uh, the American Association and the Constellation Energy Series, uh, which is hosted by the Sugarland Skeeters down in Texas. Uh, But both of those series are charging for their broadcasts. The American Association is charging $12.99 a month or $19.99 for the full season to get access to their broadcast, but that does include every team's broadcast in that league, which is six teams, so three broadcasts per night, um, while the Skeeters are charging $35 for the full season of their broadcasts, or $5 a game. Uh, so for a little while at least, with all of that in mind, the Patriots and Blasters games will actually be the only free professional baseball video broadcasts in the nation. Of course, until Major League Baseball starts up next week, but we don't have to talk about that just yet. So whether you will be at the ballpark tomorrow For the beginning of this professional baseball series, or whether you will be watching or listening to the broadcast, baseball will finally be back in New Jersey. And when we come back from the break, 
I'll dive deeper into the rosters, the Somerset Patriots, the New Jersey Blasters. I'll give you my players to watch and the storylines that I will be tracking, that you should be tracking as well uh, for week one of the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. You no longer have to choose between an amazing network and an amazing price. When you switch to T-Mobile, you get both. Visit a T-Mobile store or tmobile.com to find out more. The Something Patriots podcast is presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. If you've put off any medical care due to COVID-19, please don't delay it any longer. RWJ Barnabas Health has taken every precaution and continues to provide health care services in adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. This includes stringent cleaning and disinfection throughout all facilities and screening everyone for symptoms and temperature upon entry. Learn more at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands, plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with eight locations on routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com. And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast. Again, my name is Mark Schwartz. All right, let's do this. Let's dive into both rosters, the Somerset Patriots and the New Jersey Blasters. Let's take a look at some players to watch and get ready for this upcoming weekend's matchups, uh, which I'm calling week one of the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. I'm a big football fan, so I think it makes sense, especially considering we're going to go in increments. And actually, in the upcoming interview that I have with uh, Somerset Patriots manager Brett Jody, he talks about how uh, week one will likely look different than week two, uh, because both Brett and John Hunted, more specifically Brett, though, and we'll get into that in a moment of why, uh, but they're still trying to figure out exactly who these guys are, who are going to be on the teams, um, not physically who's going to be on the teams, but how are they going to play, what positions make the most sense for them. Um, Brett's going to have to do a lot of that in a short amount of time, and that's going to be one of the storylines. But first, uh, let's talk about the matchups that we know are going to happen, and this might be as good of an opportunity as any to announce the official starting pitchers uh, for both Friday night's matchup and for Saturday night's matchup. On opening night, Friday night, David Kubiak will take the mound for the Somerset Patriots. That should not come as a surprise to anyone who's followed the Patriots over the last couple of years. Kubiak was lights out last year, a 7-1 record during the regular season, an ERA under two. I mean, he was the best pitcher in the Atlantic League at the time that his contract was purchased, and he went over to Mexico in early July. A 1.76 ERA, 82 strikeouts over 82 innings. He led the league in a number of categories. He was the Liberty Division All-Star Game starting pitcher. Uh, So no surprise that Kubiak will take the mound for the Patriots. He's going to go up against Vin Mazzaro uh, for the New Jersey Blasters, and this is going to be a very interesting pitching matchup to watch. Mazzaro, a former Patriot in his own right, played with the Patriots in 2017. He was a former third-round draft pick out of Rutherford High School uh, all the way back in 2005. 
He's been around the Atlantic League. Last year, he played with the Long Island Ducks, and he put up really strong numbers. He struggled at the beginning of the season as a relief pitcher, but once they converted him into the starting rotation uh, beginning on July 24th, Mazzara was lights out. He went 8-0 and in the starting rotation with the Long Island Ducks uh, after July 24th with a 2.15 ERA and 57 strikeouts over 58 innings. Uh, he was a starting pitcher in the postseason for the Ducks as well, and I know it hurts some Patriots fans to hear this, but the Ducks won the Atlantic League Championship in 2019, and Mazzaro uh, was very strong in the postseason. He went 3-0 and with a 1.77 ERA over three starts. So Mazzaro certainly represents a challenge for this Somerset Patriots roster uh, for Friday night. We talked about it on last week's podcast, Pitching is going to be ahead of hitting, uh, especially this week, possibly throughout most of this series for a couple of reasons. One, uh, just looking at the rosters, there's a lot more uh, major league experience or experience in major league organizations on the pitching staffs for both the blasters and rosters as opposed to uh, the rest of the position players. Two, normally at the beginning of a season, pitching is ahead of hitting. I I mean, it's pretty simple. John Hunton talked about it last week. Uh, Pitchers you sort of get that muscle memory down and you're able to fire in strikes and it doesn't really matter as much if you're going up against somebody that's in the batter's box or not. Uh, But for batters, uh, there's only so much live pitching that these guys have seen over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of months, honestly. Uh, So adjusting to a curveball, adjusting to a 90-mile-per-hour fastball with life on it uh, is more difficult than taking a BP session. And it's going to be something that these guys are going to have to adjust to. So I would anticipate uh, for Friday night's matchup when you have a strong starting pitching matchup between David Kubiak, who at the time that his contract was purchased last year, led the Atlantic League in wins, ERA, strikeouts, whip, and batting average against, going up against Vin Mazzaro, a guy in the Atlantic League last year who finished the season 8-0 as a starting pitcher. It's going to be a challenge for these batters. It it 100% is going to be a challenge, and it doesn't get any easy for the batters on Saturday night, I mean, look at the two matchups that we're expecting for Saturday night's game between the Somerset Patriots and the New Jersey Blasters. Uh, for the Patriots on the mound, it's going to be Mark Leiter Jr., uh, who has Major League Baseball experience, uh, spent 2017 in the bigs with the Philadelphia Phillies, split 2018 in the majors between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so Leiter Jr. will be on the mound for Somerset on Saturday night, and then Brandon Liebrandt uh, will be on the mound for the Blasters on Saturday night. And Lee Brandt is one of my sleepers for this entire baseball series. Uh, For those of you that might be really familiar with ACC baseball, uh, Lee Brandt's name you will recognize. If you're familiar with uh, the whole college baseball world, Lee Brandt's name you might recognize. If you're familiar with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, you might recognize him as well, or the Philadelphia Phillies organization, their farm system. Uh, But for a lot of the Patriots fans, you probably don't know too much about Brandon Lee Brandt. Uh, but he has a very decorated history uh, to get to this point. Right now, he's going into his age 27 season, uh, but Lee Brand is not far removed from having a lot of success in professional baseball. Uh, his last time that he pitched was in 2018 in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. He went 4-1 and with a 1.42 ERA and 32 strikeouts over 50 innings uh, for the Iron Pigs that year, uh, and that was as a 25-year-old. And one year earlier, Lee Brandt went 11-5 with a 3.62 ERA and 105 strikeouts over 136 innings in 25 starts between AA and AAA. So this is a guy, a left-handed starting pitcher, 
that has put up really strong numbers uh, in AA and in AAA quite recently, and he's still very young as well. And you don't have to even look too much further back to see such an impressive collegiate career for Lee Brandt. He attended Florida State University. He was a seminal and he put together a lights-out freshman year uh, back in 2012. So so maybe about eight years ago, but still, that year, as a freshman at Florida State University, Lee Brandt went 8-3 and three with a 2.82 ERA. He was a first-team freshman All-American uh, named by Baseball America, by Collegiate Baseball, and by Perfect Game. Uh, so this is a guy uh, that certainly has the credentials that is coming into Somerset hoping to prove himself, uh, and he's going to be the Saturday night starting pitcher for the New Jersey Blasters. So we talked already about how pitching is really going to be a strength of this series. It's not going to be easy for the Somerset Patriots lineup to get going. I know a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, it's going to be a cakewalk for the Somerset Patriots uh, to go through this series because the New Jersey Blasters have a number of guys that might not be as well known around these parts uh, in a professional manner. Or maybe the lineup has a couple of guys that are making their professional baseball debut. Uh, but this Blasters team, they've got some really strong pitchers. Uh, and going back-to-back with Mazzaro and Liebrandt against a Somerset Patriots roster that certainly has some question marks as well when it comes to position players, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Liebrandt operates, how Mazzaro operates, and how these two pitching staffs really, how much success do they have uh, as this series moves forward. But before we move on from the pitching staff, uh, look at the relief pitchers for both of these teams, and I think you'll see some interesting storylines there as well. Uh, first for the Somerset Patriots, Brett Jody has three guys that he knows how to use out of the bullpen, and James Puglise, Nate Rowe, and Taylor Wright. Puglise was an all-star in the Atlantic League in 2019 with the Patriots. He put up really strong numbers in 2018 with the York Revolution. Nate Rowe was an all-star with the New Britain Bees in 2017, pitched the last two years under Brett Jody in Somerset. Taylor Wright was the Frontier League Rookie of the Year last year and finished off the season in Somerset. So Brett has a bit of an upper hand over John Hunton when it comes to bullpens, probably, uh, because he's familiar with three of the notable names that he's going to use. And the other names that I haven't mentioned yet, Billy Lane Jr., a Seton Hall guy, uh, was playing with single-A Spokane last year. He's going to be a flex guy out of the bullpen. Max Herman has triple-A experience. Uh, He's the lone left-handed pitcher coming out of the bullpen. So Brett Jody's going to have his options. Now, on the other side, John Hunton has more experience seeing some of the new guys, but he's going to have all new guys coming out of his bullpen. That said, there's a lot of strong names in the Blasters' bullpen as well. Uh, One of the first names, a big local name that stands out, Ryan Williamson, a southpaw from Cranford. He won three state championships with Cranford uh, during his high school career. He played college ball at NC State, got Tommy John surgery, was drafted by the Washington Nationals in the 15th round, uh, took a year off for Tommy John, came back and was playing with single-A Hagerstown last year. Uh, But historic numbers um, in his time in Cranford playing high school ball in New Jersey, so he certainly has a lot of arm talent. Uh, Sean Caselica has AAA experience in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. Vin Ayalo, Alex Vargas, both AA experience. Michael Opresti, single-A experience. So there's a lot of arms in that bullpen that John Hunton is going to be able to use. And considering you've got a guy like Vin Mazzaro who might not go four or five innings in game one, uh, he has experience as a relief pitcher as well. Um, so John's going to have to utilize that bullpen. And same thing with Lebrand who's trying to work his way back from injury. Uh, so when the games come down to the bullpens, you can give a slight advantage to Brett Jody because he knows three of his guys in Puglis, Rowe, and Wright. 
Uh, but on the other hand, John Hunton has been seeing these guys pitch with a lot more frequency than Brett Jody has. So that whole dynamic will certainly be interesting uh, to follow. In terms of position players, the two most notable names are, of course, on the Somerset Patriots and Scott Kelly, who would have been entering his seventh season with the team. Justin Pacioli, who would have been entering his fourth season with the team. Pacioli, a two-time Atlantic League All-Star. If I had to put odds on who might be a front runner in regards for the Willie Randolph Player of the Year for the Somerset Professional Baseball Series, I think odds makers would probably have Justin Pacioli certainly up there. Uh, you know what you're going to get out of Pacioli. He's not a guy that's going to bring a lot of power to the plate. Uh, he'll be the first one to tell you that, uh, but he can be a high average guy, a uh, high on base percentage guy, and certainly a high steals guy. And with how this whole series is going to lay out, uh, there might be a lot of opportunities for Justin Pacioli to run. That being said, one of the strengths of the Blasters team happens to be their catchers. Uh, Luis Roman has AAA experience. He played with the Schaumburg Boomers in the Frontier League last year. And, and Rob Calabrese, who was recently added to the Blasters roster, he's an interesting story as well. He had a tremendous collegiate career over at the University of Illinois, Chicago. He was the Horizon League Player of the Year in his senior season, was a 10th-round draft pick by the San Francisco Giants. So there's some arm talent for the Blasters behind home plate. So it'll be interesting to watch with Pacioli's speed, with Scott Kelly's speed, uh, some of these other guys that are going to be on the Patriots as well. Uh, Carlos Garcia has experience stealing over 20 bases when he used to play for the Lancaster Barnstormers back in 2017. So there are speed threats on the Patriots, but very strong catchers uh, for the Blasters. And Looking at the Blasters' position players, that's certainly uh, an area of their lineup, an area of their roster that stands out. Uh, a couple of other standouts, of course, Martin Figueroa, uh, who had a tremendous season with the Sussex County Miners in 2018. He was an all-star for the State College Spikes uh, short-season team in the St. Louis Cardinals organization last year. So Figueroa really is, in my mind, number two guy in terms of odds for the Willie Randolph Player of the Year. I would probably go Justin Pacioli one because of his track record in Somerset. But in terms of uh, overall production and opportunity, uh, Martin Figueroa for the New Jersey Blasters is probably number two on that list. Scott Kelly's probably not uh, too far away from that either. Uh, so for Figueroa combined with Calabrese and Roman uh, will provide some pretty good options for the Blasters. And then at the top of their lineup, they're going to have some grinders. Last week, John Hunton spoke very favorably of Zach Lipschitz. Uh, he's a big Derek Jeter fan. He's a shortstop, so I'd imagine um, he's going to get a good amount of playing time. Um, Zach Recusen, a former Patriot, he's going to have a lot of motivation to go back against his former team now playing at TD Bank Ballpark, uh, which was the place where he made his professional baseball debut back in 2017. He's going to have a lot of motivation. I mean, really, the entire Blasters roster is going to have a lot of motivation. Four guys will be making their professional baseball debut. Uh, that'll be Liam MacArthur in the outfield, Mark Shenlugian in the outfield, and then along the infield, uh, Zach Lipschitz and Derek Romberg as well. Uh, Louis Martini might be somebody that could sneak up on a lot of people. Uh, a lot of experience over in the Pecos League uh, with a really good numbers. Uh, last year played in the Pacific Association for Selena, so he has some experience, but all the way out on the West Coast. Tommy McCarthy played for the Gary South Shore Railcats last year uh, briefly. So there are some options on the Blasters, uh, some really good options in their lineup. But, you know, as I mentioned before, I think that pitching will likely be uh, the main stories to follow. Uh, but this Blasters team, I'm sure they've seen social media. I'm sure they've been hearing some chirps about how, you know, 
they're not the Somerset Patriots, quote-unquote. I mean, every player that's going to be in this series is a Somerset Patriot, but in terms of the teams, you know, the Blasters are probably coming in with a little bit of an underdog mentality, and, and that certainly never hurt anybody. And their manager, John Hunton, has a leg up on Brett Jody, the Somerset Patriots manager. Plain and simple, uh, Hunton's been at every single tryout. He's organized this. He's the guy that uh, got a lot of the players to actually come out to Somerset to even try out to begin with. So you have to imagine that Hunton, the manager of the New Jersey Blasters, uh, has a far better idea of how he wants to put together his lineup and how he wants to manage his bullpen uh, compared to Brett Jody, who does have some familiar names and you know names that stand out that might allow some people to give the impression that the Patriots are favored. Uh, but Brett, I, in the upcoming interview that we're about to air, says that he might not make his opening day lineup until after batting practice on Friday, uh, which is not something that he would normally do, but he still has to really get a feel for his entire team. So the point being, there's going to be a lot of back and forth with, between these two teams. I don't think that there's any necessary shoe-in for uh, how this series is going to move forward, which teams are going to have uh, the most success. Uh, if you had to ask me which team I think is probably favored, I mean, it's pretty fair to say the Somerset Patriots are probably favored a little bit. Uh, in, in terms of my predictions uh, for the entire series, I, I don't like to give predictions too often, so I won't give one in regards to who's going to win the series. But if I had to say who a couple of my players to watch are, uh, for both the Sparky Lyle Pitcher of the Year and the Willie Randolph Player of the Year. From a pitching perspective, it's, of course, easy to point out David Kubiak and all of the success that he's had in the Atlantic League, so he would certainly be uh, at the top of my list. Uh, but another guy like Vin Mazzaro and Brandon Liebrand, specifically Liebrand, I think if Liebrand is able to prove that he's healthy, um, he's a guy that can really start to turn some heads during this series. So he would be probably my blaster to watch in terms of a uh, pitcher of the year. In regards to player of the year, uh, Pacioli is certainly at, towards the top of the list. Martin Figueroa. Um, Scott Kelly is not too far behind. Matt O'Neill is a good dark horse. He's going to be a catcher for the Somerset Patriots, uh, but he's not going to be available to play in week one. Uh, but there are some other interesting names as well. But uh, Zach Rakusen uh, has a lot of professional experience and certainly has a lot to play for during this series. Uh, so I think you're probably looking at some sort of combination of Pacioli, Kelly, uh, Figueroa, and you know potentially Zach Rakusen as some of the favorites uh, to win the Willie Randolph Player of the Year. Whatever this season brings, you'll be there for the Patriots, and TD Bank will be there for you. Bank 24-7, online, or on the TD app. Or... Talk to a human by phone anytime. TD Bank, unexpectedly human. Visit tdbank.com. TD Bank, America's most convenient bank. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. The Something Patriots podcast is also presented by Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is making it easier to see a doctor from home and cutting your costs so you can get the care you need. Here for you now. And always, learn more at horizonblue.com slash always. The Something Patriots podcast is presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. If you've put off any medical care due to COVID-19, please don't delay it any longer. RWJ Barnabas Health has taken every precaution and continues to provide health care services in adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. 
This includes stringent cleaning and disinfection throughout all facilities and screening everyone for symptoms and temperature upon entry. Learn more at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast. My name is Mark Schwartz, and for the second straight week, I have the pleasure of being joined in person with a guest, and this one's an exciting one. It is the longtime manager. This should have been the eighth year as manager of the Somerset Patriots in his 17th overall season with the organization. Brett Jody, how you doing, Brett? Doing well, Mark. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Hold I'm- on. So does it count as a year this year? They're done at all, or do it? You know, like next year, would it be my eighth year again? Yeah. Or how's that? Is it? Is yeah. That so I, well, I, 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 I've not, not even thought about that yet, but since you introduced me like that, now I'm thinking like, wait a minute, is this just a lost year totally for me also? Like as far as, you know, I'm just getting older, but I'm not coaching a team. I asked the Somerset Patriots public relations department. So pretty much Mark Rusinoff. Yeah. Uh, how he wanted, <laughs> how he wanted to take this uh, because there's a couple of players like Justin Patchouli and Scott Kelly, who are franchise all-time leaders. So yeah. want to see if the stats count and, what we're going with is that the stats aren't the stats going towards an count. Atlantic League season. So they can't play a fifth year or sixth year. This won't count as their no. whatever year either. Okay. Yeah, so th- right. th- this is sort of just a, a neutral year. I like that, I guess. I don't like that. I wish we were actually, you know, obviously playing a season. Yeah. But uh, it makes me feel younger. You know what I mean? That's what. That was the main job of this interview <laughs> was to make you feel younger. So I'm glad we're able to do that. But good to be here in person, man. Really good to be up here and – you know, we got some baseball going on right now, some high school games going on, and, and you know, I don't care what it is right now. I just, I just enjoy watching baseball. I've been watching a little bit of softball at home and doing that stuff, but uh, it's so exciting coming up here to, to get to play again on, on this field and, and uh, get some games going. It feels good, right? It does. It, it does. It the feels weather's right. glorious. It's just beautiful. You know, and this is what you're supposed to be doing around this time of year. You well, know? normally when you first get here, the weather's a little on and off because you're getting here in late April and, yep. and you get some of those cool nights and especially those games in early May, those rainy, cold oh. games. Yeah. You don't have to deal with that anymore. We, we got the nice weather for you now. A little South Carolina charm. You know, going. I didn't pack any long pants, no jackets, nothing <laughs> like that. Just shorts, T-shirts, and collared shirts, man. That was it. A couple flip-flops go. and a couple slip-on shoes, and that was it. That's so, all you need. Yeah, it made, my, made, my, need. made my job a lot easier as far as bags packed on the way up. All right, Brett. So, uh, you know, before we get started and, and talk more specifically about, you know, these teams and the Somerset Patriots and what they look like this year, I, I just want to see how – how everything's really been going for you. I, we've sort of constructed this Somerset Professional Baseball Series with you pretty much at a distance mm-hmm. um, down in South Carolina. So, you know, for somebody like yourself who has such a huge impact on the organization, but to have been at a distance while all of this was being put together, what was that experience like for you? Well, it was definitely a challenge. And, um, you know, the hard part, too, was not knowing exactly what we were doing. And everybody was in the same boat. You know, are we going to play a season or are we not? Or is it going to be a shortened season? Is it not? Who's going to be involved with that season? Are we going to be allowed to do it? Are we going to have fans or are we not going to have fans? There's just so many up and downs. But you just try to take it basically like you did with the season. You know, you go on winning streaks, you go on losing streaks, you have a good game, bad game, stuff like that. Things happen. Guys get injured. Guys come back. Guys get signed. You know, there's a lot of things uh, that happen. So you got to take it all in stride. And I think at this point in my career, it didn't really affect me that much. I just kind of stayed even keel with it, which is the way I tried to play when I played also and the, and the way I try to manage. Uh, and just, just, you know, focusing on the positives, controlling what you can control, uh, and then everything else, just trying to, you know, gain information and see uh, you know, what we were allowed to do and just kind of how things uh, played out as we as we moved along and, and gained information. So when the when the idea came sort of 
and formalized that, you know, the Atlantic League wasn't going to move forward with their own season, so we were going to have to do some sort of local baseball. Uh, what were your first thoughts and, and sort of take me through from your vantage point what the beginning stages were fr- from your perspective? While John and I were talking, um, I just started snowballing some things with him, and I'm like, all right, we don't we want to minimize any kind of risk, so we, we don't need to go on the road. We don't need to stay in hotels, really. Uh, we need to minimize costs because we're making nothing right now, you know, and stuff like that. So buses don't make any sense. Paying for hotel rooms don't make any sense. And guess what? We're not making a dime if we're playing at somebody else's stadium. That's just how it works, yep. you know. Um, and I didn't know if that was going to happen anyway. So it actually started with a t- – so John and I were talking. I actually, actually started with a text I, I sent to Pat um, and just uh, said, hey – how about this? We create a couple teams and, and play against each other, and and we can control it. It's all home games. It's all local talent, which is good. I think we have enough talent around this area where we can create a couple teams. Uh, and there's some other ideas involved right there. You could, you know, we could we could get into depth about that. But the the basic premise was minimizing travel, minimizing costs. And being at home, and anytime you're going to play is in front of your home crowd. But you were put at a little bit of a disadvantage because the tryouts and all of the individual workouts that were taking place at TD Bank Ballpark were run by now New Jersey Blasters manager John Hunton. Yes, yes. So when the teams were put together, Hunton had all of the X's and O's about all these guys. And yeah. of course, you were familiar with former Somerset Patriots and guys who have played in this league. That's right. Uh, but when you were putting the roster together, was it difficult? How much did you have to really lean on John John being honest and, and open with you about these it was, guys? It was extremely difficult. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's one of the parts I did not like about it because I wanted to be up here. While, while, you know, while practices are going on and trials are happening and stuff like that, I want to be here. I want to see these guys. That's one thing I really take pride in. You know, finding a guy like a Scott Kelly or mm-hmm. whatever, I – I love to look at talent. I don't. I'll, I'm. A, you know. You'll hear me always say, I don't care what your background is or what your resume is like. If you can play, you can play. And so, if you know, during the tryout day, I usually don't look at you know the background as far as uh, the experience wise and stuff like that. I look at how a guy performs out here. And so, I really take pride in seeing those things. And I did have to rely on John for all of that because I did not get to see any of these guys. I, you know, you have the liberty of looking at online and maybe seeing if you if you can find a video or something like that. But that's usually just going to show the highlights. They're not showing the whole game a lot of times with, with things of, of that nature. So um, it was extremely difficult, and, and we were kind of rushed also because um, I think out of the blue, Pat kind of said, hey, we need to pick teams, and, and I want to I get those teams out there and, and, and get them online and stuff like that. And so we had the players. We had the total amount of players that we could pick from, but I really hadn't seen them, done any research on them or anything like that. I've talked to some of them, you know, before – the trials or invite him to the trials and stuff. But John was really doing a lot of that since he's up here and everything. He was very hands-on with, with getting a lot of talent out here and, and uh, using his connections to, to get that done. So he did a tremendous job, by the way, to uh, to find all those players and get them out here. But, it, yeah, the draft process was very difficult. So one thing that John had mentioned to me when I spoke to him last week is that he's using these games, this series, as an opportunity to evaluate talent for potential future. 100%. Somerset Patriots teams, are you approaching with that with that same mindset? Yeah, I think that's an exciting thing to do because this is, I mean, look, every year we have guys in our tryout and, and we come with a, with a you know, a few needs on the roster, but a lot of times we sign a lot of the guys before the trials and stuff, but we still pick up a couple guys from the tryout. But I remember last year specifically, there was there were five or six guys, just position player-wise, because I didn't get a chance to watch the pitchers, that that uh, I was excited about. And mm. wanted to, I, I, man, you know, if we had a longer spring training, a month-long spring training or something, I'd like to get them in here and see what they could do. Well, now here's our long spring training, basically. There you go. Get some of these local guys out there, find some more Scott Kellys or whatever, 
uh, guys that, that maybe don't have the resume that some of these other guys have, but maybe they can compete, you know. And so it is an exciting time to, to see what how they can contribute. And, uh, you know, it, it can be guys that maybe we do add in the future, uh, you know, for the, for the Patriots from 2021. So from a managing perspective for this, are you going to be putting in a lot of time for instruction for a lot of these guys? Because some guys, not so much on the Patriots, maybe more so on the Blasters, but some guys are making their quote-unquote professional baseball debut. Yeah. So there might be some room for instruction, or are you more so just sort of riding the tide of how this plays out? No, you know, something I was doing at home, and it kind of, you know, I, I, I guess it wasn't new this year, but, you know, I've been coaching a lot of softball at home. My mm-hmm. daughter plays softball and stuff like that. And I really and, – and normally I'm kind of – I just kind of come in and out of their lives a little bit and, <laughs> and, and coach some while I'm there and, and don't really, you know, step on anybody's toes like the head coach and stuff like that while I'm around. I just help, you know. Yeah. Well, this year I really was interactive with it and really looking at – you know, I, probably because I spent so much time here, I, did, I wasn't doing that this year. So I really was critiquing – girls swings and the way they feel and even the way they run and just technique and attitude and overall work ethic and so i was really hammering down on these girls <laughs> not in a mean way but like oh, of course like really looking at things they need to improve upon and come up with practice plans and and different things and and uh, and for these tournaments you know strategies and stuff like that so and i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed that uh, that's the one thing uh, you know about Patriots baseball. Sometimes you get a lot of big leaguers or AAA guys. They're somewhat set in their ways. They, they're they're still very receptive. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm looking forward to working with some of these guys. And so I no, I won't just let it ride. If I see something, anything from how to sign a baseball to yeah, you know, how to back up a base or or whatever, I'm gonna tell them. That's that's just in my nature to coach. Um, and I think it's fun to do that. Even if you do have a big leaguer, if they're doing something wrong. I think you owe it to them and yourself to tell them they're doing something wrong in a respectful way. Again, I'm not a yeller. I'm not one of those guys that's going to show people up and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's very important to uh, to coach the whole time and help these guys grow and get better. And it could be something little. It could be something big. But I'm looking forward to that opportunity. I mean, it's such a unique situation. I don't know if this is anything like anything that you've done previously, but I want to start with managing your pitching staff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where a lot of your experience lies as a pitching coach prior to being a manager and, of course, being a major league pitcher in your own right. So the way this series is going to set up is going to be games every Friday and Saturday night, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, you could have the same starting pitcher be like like in college. You could have your Friday night pitcher. You could have Friday your Saturday night starter, Saturday night starter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is that sort of what you tend to be leaning towards? And and if so, I mean, we're only playing seven inning games, and you're going to have a bullpen on most nights of about you know four or five guys, give or take. So what what's the strategy from a manager perspective on how you set up your starting pitchers and and work your bullpen? Yeah, right now I'm going with two two starting pitchers and the rest bullpen. We have basically four guys in the pen with a fifth guy that's kind of a a hybrid type guy that I, you know John and I were talking about. We you need him for protection in case a guy you know God forbid gets hurt or something like that or or, uh, or whatever may happen. But uh, but you also want to make sure you have guys that you take a priority and 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 you give them their innings. You need to get guys their innings. So. We'll take Kubiak, for example. Um, I, I think he's only going to go a couple innings on Friday night. That's what all he's built up to. But if he was yeah. ready to throw 120 pitches, 110 pitches, or 100 pitches or whatever, um, it, it's not necessary that we throw him 100 pitches every night because we need to look out for Kubiak. But we also need to look out for those other pitchers. So yeah. we want to get them their work in, too. They're here working also, and you need to look out for that. So it's not just that we're looking at all costs to win the ball game. You're also looking out for these guys and making sure they're not just coming out here throwing bullpens and never get to get in a game. So, yeah. um, you know, that's one reason why we're keeping the rosters kind of minimized uh, two games a week. It, it is tough, but it's, uh, you know, I want to get all those guys in there. I know, um, 
uh, Mark Leiter Jr., I think he's built up. He's ready to go. I think he wants to get in a big league game, you know, tomorrow, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure a lot of guys would. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I, from what I've heard, and I've not talked to him personally, but I will, I think he, he wants to go seven, you know, is, is yeah. kind of my thought or, or what, what I'm hearing. Um, and we may do that sometime with him. But, again, we can't just look out for Mark. we got to look out for all the pitchers and the same with the hitters, too. In terms of managing to make sure that guys get reps versus managing to win games, of course, you know, you're a competitor. You're going to want to win. You always want to win. Um, and there is a championship trophy that awaits for the winner at the end of the series, and I'm sure you're going to get competitive juices flowing with John seeing him in the other dugout. <laughs> um, but how do you manage that? The you know, If you're in a game and you need to get out and you could potentially have your starter stay or – I don't just. I guess what's your approach with with how everything's gonna work out with this? No, you're exactly right. I guess I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. As of right now, I'm not approaching it exactly the same as I would a normal Patriot yeah. season. Uh, but in saying that, a normal Patriot season, you, I still don't ride that starter or that those that horse or two in the bullpen every night. I trust I, my my philosophy always is you gotta trust everybody on your on your roster. So that goes from your starting nine that are position players. Uh, with your guys on the bench, you should feel just as good about those guys on the bench. You can put in a late-game situation, or you can start them on Sunday after they had off Friday and Saturday or whatever as you, mm -hmm. and, and take out almost any stud that you you know have in there in the, in the first two games. It's the same with the pitchers. Uh, now, obviously, as the season moves on, that changes, right? You trust a guy like Kubiak a little more than you might this this other guy or whatever. You might give Kubiak a little bit longer leash or whatever. Uh, you get your bullpen set where you have your clothes and your setup guy or you have some, you know, an Antonini or something you yeah. know is going to come in and shut down an inning for you. So you learn those things as you go, but it doesn't start like that because mm -hmm. you don't have a long enough spring training to, to figure that out. So you do have to trust all your guys, and then that's where releases are made too. If, if eventually you're like, look, I put this guy in a lot of situations. He's just not getting the job done, then I can't trust that anymore. So then that yeah. might be where you make a move or, or something like that. So let's talk um, quickly about the guys that you do know on this roster. There's mm -hmm. six returning Somerset Patriots, four in the pitching staff, David Kubiak, who I, I think a lot of people expect to be your Friday night starter, um, James Puglis, Nero Taylor-Wright, all members of your bullpen last year. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of position players, fan favorite Scott Kelly, who I'm sure everyone in the Central Jersey community is excited to come out and, and watch him play again. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Justin Pacioli, who's a two-time All-Star in the Atlantic League as well. Uh, so from your perspective, was it nice to see a lot of these returning guys? And um, have you had a conversation with, with any of them about what their potential roles are going to look like? Kubiak will start on Friday. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think there's any reason to hide that. He, he deserves that. I figured as much. He, he would, uh, he'd probably be the, the Friday night guy of the regular season anyway. Yeah. You know, I, th I think that was the plan coming in of him being he, – he, he earned that last year with what he did, and, and uh, so he will be that guy. Uh, as we were drafting, I, you know, I do think we wanted to see some of these – you know, Patriot guys on the Patriots team, but it kind of worked out where that's who I drafted anyway, and I think it's because those are the guys that I knew and felt mm. comfortable with also. Uh, it's always neat to, to find a new guy or maybe get a guy that, you, you know, you're kind of excited about, don't really exactly know what he's going to bring, and, and John obviously has a whole roster full of those, but it's also nice to have those guys that you can count on that you know exactly how they're going to react in situations, and I, I needed that for this team because I'll have enough guys – other guys that I'm not sure about. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is huge to have those guys. And, and um, you know, I feel great about our bullpen with, you know, Pug Rowe, Wright, um, and then Herman will be in the bullpen also. And then, you know, Kubiak and, and Leiter will be uh, starting for us on Friday and Saturday. And, and Billy Lane's kind of that hybrid guy that could he could start if we had a need to. He could be a long guy or he could be a one-inning guy. So I, I like that. And, and Herman's kind of the same way with that. So, um so I like the I like the staff that we have, and it's kind of it's kind of weird to only having seven guys that you kind of got to manage like that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, again, we'll play Friday and Saturday, and we'll probably be coming to the field Sunday looking for something to do. And then, <laughs> wait a minute, we're not playing today. So, um, but um, and then you know the position players, like I said, it's 
I don't know how athletic we are or how, you know, people hold up on, you know, are we going to have weak links out there or whatever. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know yet, but, but I'm, I'm excited to see it. The, the problem is all I have to do is do like one round of infield or hit some fly balls and I'll be able to tell what we have. You just need and to have the opportunity to do that. That's it. Same as spring training though. When I come into spring training, we sign these guys and they'll say, oh yeah, I can play short and third and stuff like that. Yeah. The first day of hitting ground balls, you can tell, all right, this guy's got good hands or I don't know where this guy came from saying he could play short because it, yeah. it, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've seen both, you know, and then, you know, or, or a guy playing left field, but he can't, you know, throw it into the dirt or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, this guy can catch the ball, but he can't throw it in. You know, we have, we've had guys like that that maybe are coming off a shoulder injury or something like that. So um, it'll show itself very early, uh, and I ho- hopefully I'm pleasantly surprised and, and, yeah. and uh, don't have too many negative surprises where I'm like, oh, man, we got six DHs on the team. You know, I, I don't, but I don't, I don't think we do. I don't think we do, but, but uh, time will tell, and we'll see, and I'm, I'm very excited to see that. Well, it's you know, it's fun, and this podcast that we're recording right now is going to sort of be like a preview. This is almost like the pregame show for the weekend series, okay. and, and it's been fun. I've, I've been – thinking about these in weeks. Like in football, you're, I know you're a big football fan, week one, week two. So yeah. I'm looking at this as being week one. It's true. Think about the adjustment yeah. you can make in between. Exactly. Not that we have a lot of practice time, but I'm going to learn a lot on Friday and Saturday. I'm going to see yeah. some weaknesses, some strengths, and maybe we can try to you know, counteract that or whatever. Week two will look a lot different than week one. Well, you know, if we get pounded 13-1 to 1 on Friday <laughs> night, I don't know if it's going to look much different, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to adjust and vice versa. You know, it could be tough, but, uh, you know, again, we don't have a big player pool to, yeah. to make moves with or anything like that. But uh, hopefully, look, they're, they're going to be competitive ball games, I would think, and just, and just fun and just uh, we're going to see some exciting baseball. So let, let, let's end on this, and it sort of brings our entire conversation full circle. Um, on Friday, you know, Right now, in the state of New Jersey, we adhere to social distancing guidelines, and there's a maximum of 500 people for an outdoor gathering. That includes players, that includes staff, that includes ushers, concessions, and everything. So uh, we sold 400 tickets. They sold out in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday's game sold out in a couple of hours. I believe next, thir- next Friday and Saturday are, are sold out as well. Uh, so there's been a lot of interest. Uh, from your perspective coming up here, you're going to be seeing a lot of fans um, that you've seen for years, yep. that you've been away from for a while. Uh, what does it mean to you personally to just overall have this opportunity to be back on the field, to be managing again, to be back as a part of this community? That's what it's about. You know, that, that's all this wins and losses and, and what, you know, this that's what it's about. It's the heart and soul of this organization and this community is – is Somerset Patriots baseball and these fans, these great, great people around. Uh, you know, every year I look forward to these these kids coming out and getting a, you know, basically a year older for me or whatever mm. from last time I saw them, or at least six, eight months, you know, since I've seen them. Uh, and it's great to see those those families. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've been here long enough now, even though this year doesn't count, I've been here long <laughs> enough now to, to see, you know, ones that were barely able to walk and now they're, you know, graduating high school and stuff like that. So it's really <laughs> crazy to see that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, through all the autograph signing sessions where you can really get close to these, uh, people, I guess the, the biggest negative this year is you're not gonna be able to get real close to them, but we'll be able to see them from a, you know, six feet away, I yeah, guess, yeah. And, and wave or whatever. But <laughs> it is going to be a lot of fun to see those familiar faces, see those kids smile again, uh, and, and have some baseball. I just wish we were able to get more people in here. Uh, maybe we ought to do like 400 fans every inning or something like that. And just, <laughs> just rotate cycle them around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what, 2,800 or something like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, every, every 400 <laughs> Math is time, times seven. Yeah, seven yeah. times four. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, 2,800. Yeah, fans. Not, not yeah. bad. No. Yeah, see, nice. I got it. But, uh, 
but no, it's going to be fun for those fans, and and I, I would expect them to be sold out. And you know, I guess they get I don't know where exactly they get a section to sit in or something like yeah, that. Well, like, every seat is general admission, so when you purchase okay. a ticket, you it's go, not for an actual seat. You, you go, go wherever you go where it's open. Okay, all right, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, It'll be spaced out a little bit, but it is going it's 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 going to be a lot of fun to to see those familiar faces, and and uh, you know, it, it it's going to be exciting. It really is. I mean, it's it's. It's not gonna be like a like a Friday night firework night or anything like that, but uh, but it's still for what we've been longing for and 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 what we've been trying to get to. I think this is a huge step in the right direction, and just uh, it's gonna get some people out of the house maybe for the first time, and they're yeah. able to actually be out in this in this beautiful stadium un, under uh, you know in some great weather. And, and seek some quality baseball, you know, so I, th- I think it's a win for everyone. Well, you know what? You, you said it, Brett. On Friday, one way or the other, finally, at long last, we're going to have Somerset Patriots baseball, and I think all of us are looking forward to that. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for, for coming on here, Brett. Best of luck on Friday, and uh, let's have some fun for the next six weeks. We're going to do it. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by NJM. At NJM, we understand the hardships you might be going through right now. That's why we're offering payment relief. We'll continue providing you protection no matter what tomorrow brings. Because dealing with uncertainties is our business. This isn't just insurance. It's NJM. The Something Patriots podcast is presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. If you've put off any medical care due to COVID-19, please don't delay it any longer. RWJ Barnabas Health has taken every precaution and continues to provide healthcare services in adherence to all public health guidance and regulatory policies. This includes stringent cleaning and disinfection throughout all facilities and screening everyone for symptoms and temperature upon entry. Learn more at rwjbh.org backslash welcome back. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. The Something Patriots podcast is brought to you by Flemington Car and Truck Country. After the latest executive order, Flemington Car and Truck Country is open to sell cars in their showrooms by appointment. Choose from over 16 manufacturer brands, plus over 500 available certified pre-owned vehicles with unprecedented discounted pricing and available financing for qualified buyers as low as 0%. Flemington Car and Truck Country, with eight locations on Routes 202 and 31, is following all CDC guidelines in their showrooms and on delivery to protect and assure both customers and associates. Start your search and make your appointment at Flemington.com. And welcome back to the Something Patriots podcast, or maybe I should say the Something Patriots Blastcast. Uh, whatever it is for this week's purposes, uh, welcome back to the show. A huge thank you to Brett Jody, uh, who joined me and provided some insight into where he stands on the current Somerset Patriots roster and how excited he truly is uh, to get back to managing baseball and how excited we all are uh, to finally have baseball returning to TD Bank Ballpark. That's it for this show. Again, our episodes will be airing every Thursday on WCTC and being made uh, available on all podcast streaming platforms on Thursdays moving forward. So uh, make sure to take a note of that. But there's only one thing left to do uh, now that we are finally at long last uh, ready for this moment tomorrow. So I will echo the words of Somerset Patriots public address announcer, Paul Spahala, and say to everyone, it is now officially time 
to play ball. That's it for the show this week. Thank you so much. Enjoy the games tomorrow. We'll be back with another episode next Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Something Patriots podcast. The Somerset Patriots would like to thank the presenting sponsor of the podcast, RWJ Barnabas Health. They would also like to thank the supporting sponsors, TD Bank and Flemington Car and Truck Country, with proud sponsorship from T-Mobile, NJM Insurance, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, and NJIT. Other thanks go to Flemington Department Store, AARP New Jersey, Sanofi, and Financial Resources Federal Credit Union, all valued partners of the Somerset Patriots. The Something Patriots podcast airs live on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and on WCTCAM.com every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. With the archived versions also available for download on SomersetPatriots.com and on participating podcast platforms. The show is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.